When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Percy Jackson, episode eight and season one are over, but we are just getting started here on post show recaps. What a time to be alive as we are climbing Mount Olympus to the gods themselves. I am Adam H here with you week after week, episode after episode, whenever we get this podcast out to the next time we get this podcast out, that's how often we're here. Okay. And of course I am here uh, by my, uh, the goddess herself, Melissa, Melissa, how are you? I am good, Adam. I will not be restrained, much like the sea. But you know what? The thing that you and I have in common is that we are both, like Percy, very, very stubborn. Yeah. And there's somebody else that I know who is also very, very stubborn. And sometimes we stick all of that stubbornness together on one podcast. I think it's a pretty good time. Um, You know, people probably have figured it out by now. Kevin, Kevin's here on the pod. I refuse to believe that I am stubborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, are you stubbornly disagreeing with this? Stubbornly disagreeing with this assessment. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with the three, the three of us back together again. Um, talking about Percy Jackson. Uh, this is a series that Melissa, you and I talked about doing, and yeah. like I couldn't do it for obviously a lot of reasons. But I'm so happy you two are covering this, and it's getting coverage, and it's doing well. Uh, which is very exciting. So yeah, I'm I'm jazzed that uh, I'm here on this podcast to talk about it, and I'm jazzed that it's like I think going to continue because I want more. I want more. 
Yeah, I, I certainly think not only based on the way that they left us here in episode eight, but just from everything I've been seeing, all of the comments, all of the all, you know, all the creator notes, all the stuff. Maybe we could talk about that in the book club a little bit. Just some of the media stuff that we've been seeing. There's got to be a season two. I mean, they are promoting this. I will say, I think they're promoting this wildly effectively compared to mm. a lot of the other shows that I have seen. I'm looking at you. Um, everything that I've ever seen in my life on Apple TV Plus. Uh, you know, <laughs> just a, just just in comparison, night and day here. Um, and not for nothing, stuck the landing. At least in my opinion, here for episode eight, stuck the landing. We talked about this quite a bit last episode, Melissa, of episode seven. Maybe not our favorite, okay? But in terms of a setup, a penultimate episode has a lot to do, and there is a lot to prep us for. It sort of almost has to be a little underwhelming because it, it is, it, you know, the setup for episode eight, for the finale, and I think it worked. I think it worked really well. I think front to back, this was a fantastic episode. The character moments were great. Some of the humor was really great. Um, all these characters got moments to shine. We got to do some really cool God stuff. Um and we get betrayed by a friend. The prophecy comes true. Oh my goodness. This is, this is just wild stuff. Um, I, before we even get anywhere, Melissa, you were not spoiled. Well, you maybe were a little bit, but you didn't read the books. Okay. So that, that's yeah. sort of the perspective we're coming from here. Were you shocked at this massive betrayal at the end? I, I mean, so I did, I did get spoiled. So I was not shocked. <gasps> oh no. Betrayal. Uh, that's okay. It's really hard. Um, but it was also one of those where I was like, as I'm watching this episode, knowing what's coming, but not knowing how it's going to come. It was just very funny to me that we're like, okay, so first we're going to remind everyone who Luke is. Don't worry. <laughs> he hasn't been <laughs> here for a minute, but he's back. <laughs> um, and then it was just all of those. And we're going to make you think that it's all of these other people. And don't worry, not that happening either. And then it was like, and then Percy just like, figures it out out of nowhere he just like plucks this truth from the world with no context and is like don't worry this is the correct answer and i was like where did how how did you know that this is stupid i don't understand so this is the part that i like i don't know if i need help with or if this is just like it's a kid's book kids solve mysteries without any clue mm -hmm. or information but i was just like how i need the like conspiracy theory red line you know red string diagram of how percy was like the only answer is this guy yeah well uh, number one he doesn't have a lot of friends so if you're gonna get betrayed by a friend the list <laughs> is pretty small you know it's just not a long list here uh in the first place number two um i will say we might have forgotten the whole child of athena thing annabeth was there she'd been solving stuff the whole time but he put it together very quickly last episode on the chronos of it all i mean he he had that down on lock and we barely had heard the word chronos up until that point so he i mean he was like all you know he was a he was yeah, that, a detective that, in that sense. further can Confirms my point. That doesn't can't negate my point. Percy, again, just like solving things out of nowhere is a consistent thing that's happening here. I do think he has reasons, though. I think the Kronos thing made sense because like he is familiar with the myths. And I think that's really important, too. Like he's very familiar with the world, the mythology. So like he knew where he was being dragged was the pit that essentially where the Titans are kept. And so that knowledge kind of like pushed him to be like, why were we being dragged there? And I have the Thunderbolt. Kronos must be the one, you know, like he was locked in there by, by Zeus. Like it, those pieces kind of fit. And I do think what the Luke thing is though, is that moment at the end, it sort of clicked together because it's like, I haven't been betrayed yet. And there's 
a few there's very few people that i trust and i think he got to a point with annabeth and grover that he's like just no way it's them who else do i really trust and it's luke and luke is taking him out into the forest and then once he knows luke is hermes his kid those shoes were pulling us it, it like we had the thunderbolt it's like who else would it be and i do love luke's moment of just like i didn't think you'd give the shoes to grover like to me like that was such a great reveal moment it's not like it's not like evil but just like that delivery was just like yeah but i didn't think that was gonna happen and it's just like it's so great how it like played out so i mean i give credit to percy i don't think he's like he's not like harry he's not dumb but you know i i think i'd give him a little more credit and i think he i i feel like it worked gosh uh I, I just feel like so much of this really did work here um okay i'm excited to dive into this right up front melissa we're not actually done talking about percy jackson after today okay no. uh just to set this up for everyone else we're not done this might be the last podcast you listen to but don't let it be okay because we're gonna do a book club podcast for the final two episodes and really the season as a whole we're, we're gonna talk about the whole show the whole book talk about where things might go that'll be spoiler filled we're gonna talk about absolutely everything we will have finished the book yeah. by that time i haven't yet me uh, neither have you, have you, okay we have not no fin i mean i read it way back whatever okay we're it, not, you you read them right Adam? certainly yeah yeah everyone who's been listening to the previous seven plus podcasts here certainly knows the history of this not kevin me. is not in that <laughs> in that particular group um, that's kind of okay, but, uh, yes, we will have finished reading that. Also, we will be watching the movie for that podcast. I, I hear some of you out there that are like, do a huh? separate podcast for the movie, do a whole new podcast for the movie. No, no, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do it. I'm sorry. Listen, sometimes we don't want to right. We simply don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I understand some of your thoughts and arguments. I respect you all deeply. I appreciate you all for listening and posting your comments. But respectfully, no, uh, we're just not going to. So it's going to be a part of that podcast. It might be a little long. That's okay. Because, and I want to—I just want to sell this right from the start. We are going to have a fantastic guest for that podcast. Someone that I have been basically excited to talk to about this series from episode one, from all the way back to the beginning. We are going to have a very good friend and patron, Zach, on the podcast. Melissa, I'm so excited to hear Zach's takes on all of this and, and the movie and the book and the uh, everything. Yeah, I mean, Zach was who I like the first person I thought of. And like part of the reason why we ha are having guests on this pod was because I was like, well, we have to talk to Zach about Percy Jackson when that comes out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to dive deep, have the full context of the show and the books and the movies to talk about all of it all in one final podcast in which Adam and I will surely admit to being wrong about something. But oh, yeah. yeah. But but, who, uh, but who again, what it is yet? That is the only podcast where that happens. That's the benefit. That's the, you know what? Yeah. It's our final book club podcast, so that will be the last time where that happens. So you know, cherish those moments. Um, I also love this idea that we're just sitting here talking about how great it's going to be to have Zach as a guest on the podcast while Kevin's sitting right there. Kevin, it's are you totally excited fine. for Zach to be on the? <laughs> I'm thrilled for Zach to be on the podcast, to be honest. Oh, I won't gosh. listen, but, like, I'm excited for it to happen. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> won't listen. It's all good. Um, we were – you mentioned, though, like, this is true, that Percy Jackson was something that we talked about back in the, like, YA days of, like, whenever that comes out, we should cover it. Like, this is a YA series very much in the vein of the other kind of, you know, Hunger Games uh, – Harry Potter, like all of the things that yeah. we have covered before on that series. So um, 
I want to know your history with the Percy Jackson franchise, but then I also am very curious to your take. A common thing that we have been talking about on this pod is adaptation and adaptation of fantasy shows, adaptation of YA shows, and kind of why we think that Percy Jackson has done it really well and what could be learned from that for future adaptations compared to kind of, we've talked a lot about comparing it to other similar types of shows. So those are the big things I want your thoughts on, Kevin. Boy, do I have thoughts. I mean, uh, so my history of Percy Jackson is, I don't want to say disappointing because, so I guess to start, I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology, like massive, massive fan. Like, I guess Greek mythology is my ancient Rome, right? For like, <laughs> what, like that's for me. Like when when we're when like my wife and I are watching Jeopardy and like they're like reading the categories and they're just like rivers and I'm like, oh, geography, Dunzo, Greek mythology, come at me! Like that's that's where it's at, right? Like I'm always thrilled. I always get excited. Uh, so I've always been into that. And unfortunately, my age because I'm an old man, um, I missed. Um, Percy Jackson as a book series. Uh, I was even late, really age-wise for Harry Potter. Like I was out of the age range. My sister was the one who was into it. I mean, we talked about this and when we covered uh, Harry Potter, but like for Percy, I was completely out. That said, my 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 wife had read them. She really liked them. When we were talking about stuff, I had um, seen the movie when it came out because the premise excited me because I like Greek mythology. So my intro to the Percy Jackson stuff was the movie. And then my wife and I talked about it. She's like, man, you would have been so into those goddamn books. You would have devoured them. That would have been so your jam. And I think she's 100% right. I've actually finally started reading the first one. I'm going to plan to blitz through the series. They're not they're not that difficult because they are for younger audiences. So I should be able to get through them pretty quick. But it's a weird place to go from the movie as my main intro to this TV series <laughs> And the TV series, I think, does such a great job, I think, with the characters, pacing out the stories better, doing things that, and this is going to transition to the adaptation part, that don't feel like a studio note or a movie note. Like, I'm, like, the ending of the movie has this whole confrontation with Luke at the at, at the Empire State Building, and they're outside on top of it, and it's, like, this whole thing, whereas, like, this isn't how it plays out at all. Like they're they're in the forest. There's like smaller beats. It's more intimate at things. It's not like this big bombastic moment. And it feels more true to the story. It feels more true to like the a TV format. Um, so I, I think it works for a lot of those reasons. But honestly, I think the biggest reason it probably worked, you know, like an adaptation that likes and trusts the source material usually ends up doing well. And I feel like, again, it, it's hard to speak to that not having read the books, although I've read half of it. And like from what I've read thus far, like it's pretty spot on. Um, mm-hmm. So like being that true, but I think the reason it truly, truly excels is that Rick Riordan is heavily, heavily involved. Like he's he's been there doing the story. He helped with the casting. He's the reason, you know, he chose the, the girl who played Annabeth, which obviously set a lot of people on Twitter uh, into a rage, but you know, F those people. Um, and like really is great for making those decisions and being at the forefront and being he's all it seems like he is a very great, progressive, nice individual. And so I think having that person involved in this capacity, especially when they have such a great head on their shoulders, helps the adaptation excel um, and really land in the way that I think could not just appease 
the fans who existed, but get new fans because the heart of what made people like it is still clearly there and will attract new people because it's a new medium. So like, I'm really enjoying it. I geek, like as I'm watching the series, I'm losing my goddamn mind whenever a God shows up because I love that stuff. And especially like, I kept out of casting. I didn't know who was cast in any of these God roles. So like Lin-Manuel showing up, I was like, oh snap. And like, uh, Hephaestus being the guy from Psych immediately, I clocked him. I was like, that that dude, that's the dude from Psych. And Luck of the Irish, the Disney Channel original movie. Um, oh. <laughs> Should so we like cover that, that in the book club podcast too? Luck of the Irish? Just toss it in? <laughs> yeah. An extra there. movie there? <laughs> um, this episode too, I'm excited to get into it because I didn't know who Zeus was. And this mm. is like one of my favorite actors. Uh, so like it was really exciting to see him here. It's exciting and sad, but I'm excited to get into that. So, like, those moments were thrilling me. And I, now I'm, like, so jazzed for season two to be like, who's going to be this god? Who's going to play this one? Like, I, I'm just like, getting giddy just here talking about this. It's, it's just so fun. Yeah. I have a question for you. Did you think that the satyr in the casino looked like Mark Hamill? <laughs> now that you said it, yes. Like, <laughs> um, I think at the time I didn't clock that but like when you said it i could picture his face i'm like oh yeah for sure 100 percent for sure admittedly okay but at the time he didn't so let's just i do think we kind of both win on that one because i don't i didn't think it was mark hamill adam thought it was oh you thought it was mark hamill okay that's no 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 no, no, no. first of all at zero point did i think man mark hamill signed on to do a rando seder in a casino for one episode of percy jackson i never said that i just said this guy looks like mark hamill and then after i said that one time i only referred to the character as mark hamill but (laughs) at no point did i genuinely believe yeah mark hamill probably took some time to do this rando you know singular uh episode of percy jackson um that okay also, I'm not saying that like I was right, but also like Kevin agreeing with me is maybe a tough side to be on. Just like, I don't know, like it's it's a win, but really. Okay, let's get into this. Episode eight of Percy Jackson season one, The Prophecy Comes True. We should have made a prophecy on this podcast. At the, like we should have opened up the podcast with a prophecy. It's sort of a miss that we didn't do that. But we didn't, and we're so many episodes later now. <laughs> I know. It's it's literally the latest that it could be, and yeah. we we didn't. Okay. I season mean, two. did we? I don't know. We've got rule number one. Is that We a, do it, have it, rule it, number one, which we have, held, we have held firm to rule number one. The yeah. Whole, the so, rule number one is three people per quest. Yeah. Quests, quests have to happen in three people. That's, three people. That's the rule two, that was established. Not four. Okay. Not that? one. Rule number three. one. Three. Yeah. I forget the other rules, to be honest. I forget the other rules, too. They sort of just come to us as we podcast, but yeah. rule number one has been very consistent. Yeah. I think we're on like six or seven. Okay, episode eight. The prophecy comes true. Here we go. We're flashing back to start with Percy training with Luke. We had talked about these scenes previously, and I had expressed some frustration at not seeing some of these training sequences. We get them. Here they are. Uh, Percy asks, on a wild question, when am I ever going to use this? Okay, this is a classic question that gets asked in schools all across the country of kids who are learning stupid things like trigonometry or uh, apologies if you use whatever. I'm actually no apologies. No one cares that sine is opposite over hypotenuse. You not, play D and D. You use trigonometry. All I the don't time. use it. That I use not ran, that type not, of, not that no, way. No, okay. No, no, no. Okay. You no. should. If, if um, you are 30 feet up in the air, no, you cannot cast 
uh, all, to someone D&D, 20 feet in front of you on the ground. That is not. All, they don't even account for height in D and D. So like I don't. Like, but they they, they're they're the and, ones not using trigonometry. Right. Not even me. They're, it's them. It's it's their fault. It's the it's the wizards on the coast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also Percy, you literally used this stuff on your way to camp. So like, yeah, I, you like, like I, killed a minotaur wearing underpants yeah. like ten minutes ago. I was so confused by this question from Percy because it was like after the fact, after he had literally fought a minotaur, like you're saying. It's like if you were saying this before, like growing up as a kid without having fought any, I'd be like, okay, like this tracks. I'm, I understand your frustration. Anyway, we flash forward to now because the time he's going to have to use it is on the beach with Ares as he pulls up with a sword and is like, 1v1 me, bro. 1v1, me versus you. My two friends. The God of War. Ignore them. We're on a beach. 1v1. And Ares is like, "Uh, okay, like, you know, fine. Like, let's do this. And he's like, after you die, say hi to your mommy for me. What a creepy line by Ares, but whatever. And they charge at each other. We get this little sword fight. They go back and forth. Basically, um, Ares is just beating the pants off of Percy here back and forth. Although, admittedly, not as much as he probably should. But okay. Annabeth and Grover, like, standing off to the side as Percy's just getting wailed on. And Annabeth's like, no, no, don't, 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 don't do anything. Don't worry about it. He'll be, he'll be fine. And Percy gets tossed around towards the water. Uh, and he's, you know, kind of on the ground. And then he stands up. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you're screwed now, buddy. As a giant tidal wave crashes over here, sort of leaves a space there for Percy to stay through, hits on to Ares, uh, who gets knocked on his butt. And then they keep sword fighting, and then Percy wins because he draws the first blood. And Ares is like, good job, Percy. Way good to go. For you. Way to do it, buddy. You know what you got? You know what you won? An enemy for life. And then he vanishes, turns into his true form, which Grover says they can't even look at and what should he leave behind but hades helm oh my goodness he had it the whole time kevin what do you think of this sequence here of this of this fight with Ares? i really actually enjoyed this sequence like i do think uh percy was holding his own okay but i think it's also Ares is just messing with him like Ares probably could have drawn blood pretty quick but he's just cocky right like that was the whole deal is that he didn't want to necessarily beat percy outright he went to embarrass him I think that's definitely the downfall, ultimately. Um, I had a question, too, actually. Did you guys know who the act this actor is before? Yep. Okay. Kevin, you're like four episodes too late. On yeah, that, no. So. It's, it's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I was a big wrestling guy, so when I saw that it was Edge, I was just like, oh, wild. Where's Christian? That's a, a like old, old reference there. But Yeah, I don't think either of us knew who Edge was was although i did weirdly watch like part of a documentary about him in a bar once um but yeah i he's because he's canadian right that's his uh yeah yeah so him and his his wrestling partner back in the day christian were both canadian yeah so uh i did know like a little bit but not a lot and then uh we got uh listeners to fill us in on the story of the edge's wrestling career but yeah and the yeah. celebrations that ensued from his wrestling career and how weird and well um, i think i think those were part of the wrestling right oh I, I i don't know weird like yeah yeah uh, yes that yes that, yes. That, that's what i'm thinking of uh, weird guys <laughs> yeah um, i don't but- think it's usually that weird but you know overall i did really like this i didn't know uh that they that the gods have golden blood and i was kind of like did we know that already so i thought that was a cool beat like when Ares gets cut and we see like the golden blood flowing from his leg 
uh, I thought was very fun. Uh, but yeah, Percy needs to use his god powers more. <laughs> They're very handy, and I think he should utilize them on a more regular basis. Okay, so I have so many questions about this scene. First of mm -hmm. all, um, was, like, did Percy know that Ares had the helm? Like, he why, why is Ares involved at all? Like, why is he here? What's And, and then was the tsunami Percy or was it Poseidon helping Percy? Because that doesn't feel very 1v1 to me. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Melissa. Um, this My main takeaway this episode is Percy is way too cocky to be getting help from his dad every time. Right? Like, just every yeah. time this guy gets bailed out and is like, ha I'm stubborn, I got you. And it's like, you're basically a trust fund baby. Like, at this point. <laughs> Literally, one of, one of my notes is Percy is oddly confident for a 12-year-old. Yeah, like a 12-year-old who is literally getting saved by his dad. Like, all Real Nepo baby energy, yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Um, in terms of the helm uh, of it all, I think it was more of an assumption, right? Because Ares left the bolt in the bag, and then, you know, we're just kind of... I, I don't know that Percy expected um Ares to like give over the helm that way but I do think that was sort of the 1v1 challenge of like 1v1 I either die and you get to keep going with your evil plan or I win and I get the helm that was like my interpretation of of that maybe that's I don't know if that's generous um but like we had to get the helm from Ares and you know we can only have one like big bad and only one like underling that's going to turn on them Ares was just sort of this weird like middle between Kronos and um Luke who will you know obviously see later so uh, it was it was too much we couldn't have too many people being like evil on this side so we had to deal with one we did it with the help of with Poseidon as well as the other part of this like Percy's not like summoning you know tidal waves and water like come on he man. could you don't know no, I guess no, you would no he, he, he doesn't he, he he come on let's get real be serious <laughs> um <laughs> We're at the beach house because uh, he hears voices coming from the beach house and he you know, walks in and he assumes it's his mother. I don't know why he makes that assumption. He's like, Mom, no, it's not his mother, but it is our mother. Megan Mullally is uh, in, <laughs> in this beach house. Love seeing her back again. I don't know that I necessarily expected this as well. This was great to get her yeah. back. Um, and he's like, man, or she's like, man, Poseidon has like some stones to keep, you know, pursuing this war. This is like crazy. And Percy is like, you're really only after the helm the whole time. And she's like, yeah, where, I mean, where have you been? And Percy's like, okay, fine. One for one. I did my end of the bargain. Here's the helm that I just got from 1v1ing Ares. I need my mom back. And she's like, good luck on Olympus. You're going to need it. You're screwed. And she leaves. And Annabeth and Grover are like, wait olympus like what what are you talking about like what are you olympus and he's like yeah i have to go to olympus i have to uh tell zeus all about chronos and figure this out and they're like listen um you're gonna die because like zeus hates you and you're like basically illegal and there's no reason for you to be doing what you're doing and he's like nope i'm gonna go i'm you know what i'm gonna go alone because you two need to go back to camp for some reason without me because and, this is what another Percy sacrifice plays oh yeah. like the fifth time yeah. this show that it's happened. Yeah. Death taxes and Percy Jackson sacrificing himself. I mean, truly, I have to go tell Zeus about Kronos. You guys go to camp, and there you go. And Annabeth's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing this. Let me give you this lucky necklace uh, that I've been wearing." And Grover's like, "Are you sure this like couldn't just be an email?" 
Um, I mean, come on. And I've just never related with Grover more because the number of meetings that I'm in on a daily basis. <laughs> don't have a meeting. Could, what could be done in an email? Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't even be. It could be one team's message of "Do we need to do this?" No, the answer is no. We just don't. Oh, anyway, you're a but no. Person, huh? Yeah, teams. Boo. I, oh. Get out of here with your Slack. <laughs> oh no, I don't Slack either. It's Zoom chat at my work. Zoom chat. Yeah, oh wow. Yeah, okay. We, yeah. But we can. Yeah, we can I all mean, agree that's the okay. worst. <laughs> Zoom chat. Is it? I don't know. It's connected to my Zoom meetings. So no, no. That's uh -huh. much better. Listen, as much as the the Teams message sound gives me heart palpitations and severe anxiety, I can't. The Zoom chat. Can you even chat on Zoom when yeah, you're you not in channels. a meeting? You get individual you messages and, and channels. No. Okay. It's not that bad. It's much better yeah. than Teams. I think everyone should be yeah. agreeing with me. No one is agreeing with you. No, yeah, not one no. person is agreeing with I you. I hate Teams. teams I hate so Teams. Annoying. I'm listen. I'm not advocating for Teams here. I'm right. We're just teams. saying. Go we're ahead. just saying Teams is better than Zoom chat. That's yeah. all we're saying. Not that yeah. Teams is the best. And admittedly, Slack is like probably better if I was working with people under the average age of like 50. So like, you know, give or take. Honestly, it might be higher on any given day, depending on my Slack are, notifications don't really work. And they're only for my Frisbee team. It's the only place that You're the only thing I use Slack for. your Frisbee team? Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not an anyway, email. No. It can't be an email, according to them. Because you know why? Where's the glory in that? Where's the glory, Melissa? Where's the glory in an email? I mean, I send pretty glorious emails. Do you? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I, don't say, I definitely don't. Unless yeah, there's you probably no glory in email. Excessive exclamation points is glory. Then I don't know. I don't have mm. much for you. <laughs> Truly. Um, I'm assuming we go. all do the thing where we go back through and delete some exclamation points because there's too I've many of them. I've stopped doing that, Kevin. I've just stopped oh. caring. I've just, just leaned in. Just <laughs> I just, I write what I write. I basically treat. Unless it's like a very important email to you know whatever is deliverable, I basically treat email as a glorified Teams message. A, I we happen to be on a different medium, but it is the same. And I almost do that because it should be a Teams message, and so maybe <laughs> maybe it encourages a, a slight change of behavior. I don't know. Percy wants the glory. He's gonna go get it at Olympus, uh, and we see him sort of heading in via the Empire State Building. Um, uh, you know, fun little fun little set piece here that we'll get to in just a second because we have to flash back to Luke again. I did like uh, the use of flashbacks towards the back half of the season. I feel like it's been much stronger than the first half of the season. Um, we flash back to Luke explaining the gods they have to play by these rules. Very strict rule followers. Okay, are the gods, but demigods they can break all of the rules. It doesn't even matter. There's there's they're scared of the fact that they can break rules and. Percy is just not getting it. Insightful, nail it. Percy is just, he has no idea what's going on here. And Luke is like, listen, Annabeth is terrified of spiders. Love, 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 love that they included this. Terrified of spiders, but she's way bigger than a spider. So what do you think happens when she comes across a spider? And it's the same thing that happens when I come across a spider. They die. The spiders die. They deserve what? to die. No, if a spider is in... Or you leave them because they eat all the other bugs in your home. If and a they spider just, like, live is... up in the corner all happy. If, if a sp... No. If a spider is inside, it might as well be dead. Like, there is no hope for that spider, especially once I have seen it. I'm incapable of just being like, oh, no, it's fine. If they disappear, I will search the house. I will burn this place to the ground. They die because you know why, Melissa? Things that are small and scary 
gets squished. And I think you better wash out for a squishing. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, I, I am. You are both small I, and scary. It's and scary. It's I think you took the wrong lesson away from that, though. <laughs> the gods aren't supposed to be the ones that, like, it's a metaphor to, like, when you're afraid of something that's small and then you're just squishing it uh, because you look down on it. That's not, like, not a good thing. It's supposed to be a supposed to be a bad thing. All I'm hearing, Kevin, is you calling me a god. That's that's <laughs> that's really all I'm hearing in this moment. Um, yeah, I was really hoping for a different ending to this sentence because when Luke started the sentence of uh, the two things you never want to be is small and scary, and I was like, yeah, and then I was so excited, and then he's like, because you're gonna get squished, and I was like, damn it, dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's true. Spiders deserve to be... Uh, the only exception I'll make for the spiders rule is if I'm, like, outside in a forest or, you know, if I'm, like, way outside and it would maybe be slightly inconvenient. I'll still kill the spiders if it's, like, convenient to kill them. But if I have to, like, you know, climb up something or wa walk out of my way, to, uh, like, yeah. I won't do that. But if it's Adam, inside... Like, goes into their home and it's like... Ah. Yeah, I just murders them. <laughs> like, you. yeah. You're the monster there. You know that, right? Listen, you can call me whatever you want. All I know is that the spider is going to die. That's it. I I really hate spiders with a burning pain. And if I had the ability to kill snakes, I would do that too. But I don't know how. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. And I don't have a, like a, I guess like a, uh, this is too graphic. It's really not compared to um, stuff that's happened on the show, but whatever. Okay. Percy is entering Olympus, climbing all the way to the top and he finds zeus and uh you know maybe maybe here's where we discuss this lance reddick uh the portrayal of zeus here Woo! uh you know uh tough tough situation i did enjoy seeing you here kevin you said you were unspoiled what did you think of lance reddick as zeus I, I absolutely loved it absolutely loved it i even loved when the doors opened and olympus looked so goddamn cool it looked like you know like a mountain right the mountaintop like olympus like you've seen like it looks like the mascara from uh, the dc universe which i think is really great like the movie just really cheaped out on that it, it, it just looks like uh, an office not an office but like the interior of the empire state building essentially um i'm really glad it wasn't an office they easily could have done that um so like i was thrilled already and then when lance reddick showed up i was just out of my seat uh in joy at that one um, obviously RIP, uh, he passed away last year, which is truly unfortunate, but I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of his from, uh, the wire, uh, obviously fringe. I was a big fan of, and he's fantastic in that he's fantastic in everything he does. He was in John wick. He was in lost. Um, so seeing him here, I was just really excited and he just was so good in the role of Zeus. Um, he just has this way he carries himself, right? There's a, just this gravitas and authority in just his voice and the things he's able to do in just an expression or a look. I think excelled in it. Um, so I, I really, really loved his portrayal in this moment. And I am gutted that obviously his passing was terrible for many reasons, but they're probably going to have to recast following this, which is really tough because I thought he was so good. He was, he was my pick for Charles Xavier for the MCU. I thought he would be a fantastic Charles Xavier. Like, man, he's just, he's just really phenomenal in, in, in all the work he's done. And this being the thing that like I get I guess I last get to see him in was really fantastic and he brought his A game, I think. Um so yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed him here and like this this entire segment, honestly. Yeah. yeah. First, yeah, I agree with you that like the setting in this show has been incredible. Like mm. uh yeah, 
everything that we saw last episode, everything this episode has been so good. Um, and yeah, Lance Reddick. So the thing that I knew Lance Reddick from was as the voice of Thordak, the red ancient red dragon in uh, the Legend of Vox Machina, and oh, which he is just like so good for that role of just like the voice of like a very big, very scary dragon. Um, so then when I knew he was going to play Zeus as well, I was like, I mean, yeah, two sides of the same coin right here. I thought it was such a good like connection there that I was like, yeah, I know he's done other stuff, but that's the main thing I I know him from. So that was very fun. It's also interesting because I feel like this is probably more of a function of the three of us podcasting together all the time. But the the exact word that we have been using to describe the lack of, uh, you know, what we've been feeling with the other gods is gravitas. Like we've been saying, mm -hmm. like these other gods really have not, you know, maybe in some ways Ares has, but like certainly as we have seen Poseidon in, in, in previous episodes and in previous scenes, he's sort of been lacking that. Zeus did not like that not at all, all. <laughs> like not even a little bit it was so good it was so compelling of course like you know, very unfortunate that we're not going to be able to get more interactions like this and honestly even a little unfortunate that we didn't get more this episode um yeah. I, I certainly wasn't expecting more just based on the story and based on where we were going to be leaving things off this episode still a little unfortunate that we didn't get it i think i think the potential was there um you know, obviously, if if anyone could predict the future, I do think we get more this episode. But you know, if anyone could predict the future, we'd probably not be you know sitting here talking about Percy Jackson. We'd be uh, at the Lotus Casino, uh, putting it all on whatever Mark Hamill's betting on. Um, Listen, okay, yeah. yeah, I would just be shoveling <laughs> Lotus flower into my yeah. mouth to be like, yeah. let me forget about the outside world, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, when he says "boy" and the like thunder crack behind that, like the sound yes. editing of that was oh. incredible. I'm getting chills just remembering that. It's so yeah, good. It okay, good let's let's calm down a little bit here. Let's calm down. Let's take a quick ad break, and we'll, we'll be right back on the other side to talk all about Zeus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You ever played the game Zeus on the Loose, the the little like card game, the one that like counts up and then you have to like get to a hundred and there's like the Zeus oh. cards that 
Oh, what okay. are you talking about? I thought you were going to talk about like Hades or something. The, like That's a game with the Greek gods that was very popular. I've never heard of Zeus on the loose. It's like a little like kind of uh, it's very accessible. It's kind of like a party game. It's just like a little counting card. It's it's very fun. Anyway. Kevin, you're a Hades town guy, right? You... Yes. Loved, loved, loved Hades town. Uh, excellent, excellent play. Uh, I got to see um, the uh, ex- almost everyone in the OG cast, but the the lead. Um, boy, am I forgetting? I know uh, Eva Novozella. I don't remember what is his name. Reese is it? But uh, the, the, the who are you original. Ta- who are you talking the about? The original uh, Orpheus. Oh, uh, Reed Carney. Yes. So I got to see them still in that role. And so I was really happy because they relatively recently left. Um, so I was really excited about that. And just, yeah, I absolutely loved Hades Down. Love the Hercules animated movie as well. I sing that yeah. music all the time. Uh, big, big fan of uh, Greek musicals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because we were comparing the Hades uh, in mm. and the like you know again the like booming baritone of the like yep. hades town hades versus the animated hercules like hades and then this hades mm-hmm. and talking about how this one was much more similar to the animated movie than uh hades town but yeah i mean there, there is something interesting about it i mean I, this is something i, I want to mention too and i was going to mention when we talk about poseidon but since we're here with it i actually love the costuming in this show um Zeus being in a suit, I think, is so appropriate. And when you look at like when Poseidon shows up, is when I notice it. I was like, the costuming is really great because he's just like a beach dude, like yeah. entirely his outfit is a beach dude. Hades has just like this leisure wear that he's you know, or the the the, the like smoking jacket. Ares is a biker. Hephaestus is steampunk. Like every god has a unique styling to them, and I really really love that because they it fits their also specific aesthetic. So I thought that was really great as well, um, in terms of like how they approach that stuff. Uh, I, I I always like different interpretations of the god. Like I'm so into this shit. But like, so like for me, I think it's cool that the Hades town has like again this like yeah this deep booming like presence to him, right? This overbearing presence. Mm-hmm. He's so good. And like, but this Hades is completely different. It's the one who's just like I don't want to deal with what my brothers are doing. Uh, so he has this like completely different vibe. So I I always enjoyed that stuff, and I think it's really interesting. I could talk about Patrick Page all day, like, nonstop. <laughs> I just could do it for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, well, even when he was in Schmigadoon and Todd and I would do whole scenes where we would just talk like this. <laughs> Isn't that baritone? Wow. Just talk like that from now on, Adam. That should just be your voice. Do a Percy like hands him the master bolts, <laughs> but he's too late. He <laughs> failed. <laughs> He failed! Percy failed! And Zeus is not going to let him off the hook here. Uh, But Percy's like, listen, Kronos is the one that actually stole it. He stole this. And Zeus is like, okay, what are you doing here? Why are you still here? He's like, get out of here, please. And Percy's like, no! I'm gonna stay! I'm gonna prove myself right! I know what's going on here! He's like, okay, of course Kronos is coming. You idiot! He's in a pit! I know where he is, Percy! You're not that smart you're not even a son of athena what are you doing talking to me about this okay i know this and he's like just leave leave and percy just keeps pushing he's like this war can't continue you are not right about this and he's like i thought that you might listen i don't know why he thinks that Zeus is gonna listen Zeus is like bro you need to shut up and he's like your whole family is such a mess they only obey you out of fear he's saying this to to zeus uh by the way zeus 
Um, they only are obeying you out of fear. And then Zeus turns around and this bolt becomes cool. It was really not yes. cool before. It was stupid before. Now it's cool because it's a sizzling bolt. And he tries to like smite him down. And Percy defends himself valiantly and is able to save the day on his own. Oh, wait. Uh, 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 sorry, let me just check your notes here. Oh, oh, no. Poseidon comes in and saves his ass. That's all that happens yeah. here. Poseidon just Again. stops it from happening. Again. For the second time against the god, Percy was not able to hold his own. Poseidon stops him. He's like, I surrender. This is, this is so ridiculous. He surrenders. Poseidon surrenders. Zeus wins. Take your victory. Just spare my son and he's like fair enough okay we go on your illegal son and then they start to talk a uh, little special god language here anyone uh any, greek well you know whatever god language ancient greek what's the difference really he's like <laughs> who knows god like it's so could be i mean it could be we don't know i'm not a god i don't speak ancient greek so uh, right but it was so they they he later says, okay, your okay. mom taught you ancient Greek. <laughs> Listen, they basically said the names because he's like, who knows about father? And then they were like, uh, Hermes, Addis. And it's like, okay, we know we know what these names are. Yeah, but... because they're Greek names. Because they're Greek yeah. names, we know. Melissa, I'm just saying I can speak ancient Greek, a.k.a. the god language. If the gods speak it, then it's the god language. I don't even understand what we're talking about here. That's just fact. You know, you know that there's also just other regions of other gods, right? Like that's even they are gods. Yeah. I can speak French. That doesn't make me French. Just in case you're trying to like no, wander but down a, that. If too a far French down person spoke French, that would make it French. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See. See. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the language is that. Mm. Yeah. This all <laughs> tracks. This all tracks. And everyone knows about Kronos. Okay. Everyone knows basically because you know Hermes, Ares, uh, if Hermes. Well, if, Her if Hermes knows, everyone knows. Everyone That's what they're knows. saying. Yes. Hermes is a gabber. That was very funny. Yeah. Knows. And and he you know disappears. Okay, we're here. We're we're talking with Poseidon and Percy, and he's like, obedience doesn't come naturally to you. He's like, no, no, it doesn't actually, not at all to Percy. Um, and Poseidon's like, you know what? It's probably partially my fault because the sea doesn't like to be constrained and i'm like i understand taking some responsibility for your kid but also it's not your fault here in this case because percy wasn't like i mean come on poseidon stand up a little bit here i mean yeah. geez so slight correction the line was the sea does not like to be restrained which resulted in me making a bit of a dirty joke about sally in my notes and so i'm just gonna put that out there uh and we can move on <laughs> but i was pretty proud of wow. it so. Okay, I mm, <laughs> on that note, uh, I, uh, I I I'm gonna. Ooh, this is gonna be weird. I'm gonna defend Percy slightly here. Whoa, and throughout in his in his because uh, like it wasn't until you said it that it something kind of clicked for me about the situation of Percy always putting himself in these positions and getting bailed out by his dad. I think it's kind of on purpose and. I'm sorry about to make this comparison, but oh, it's no. sort of Bella Swan new moon energy because it's <laughs> oh. the put yourself in danger until Edward shows his ass, right? And I think that's exactly what it is, where it's just like, I'm your son. I'm going to like, and you keep coming in some way, in some form, you keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing this until you show up because like, you're my goddamn dad and you need to show your face to me. And 
I think this was the big moment. And I don't think that's his only reason for confronting Zeus. I think he was trying to do the heroic thing. And I think he was willing to sacrifice himself in that moment. But I think, you know, it was the big moment that finally got his dad to show up. The person that he's been not, he, he never got to know. And he wants to meet and he wants to see who has been avoiding him. So it I, I, I see that it were such for a 12-year-old, right? Like that's, it, it, it kind of fits and it kind of makes sense to have this be how he's trying to essentially get his dad's attention by acting out, right? <laughs> like that's sort of the most childish thing, but the most like, sensible way of approaching it for them so it kind of tracks for me and i'm gonna defend him a little bit on that i don't think i'll ever defend bella because because edward sucks as we mentioned but well and again here percy is 12 12. bella is like (laughs) you know 17 in Mm -hmm. in new moon right so okay so so actually not that different you know i I mean i think those are a pretty key five years in terms of like maturation development I just don't understand what the surrendering means here. Like, what are the consequences or, like... Well, and not to, you know, potentially go too far here, I imagine this will be a topic of conversation for the book club because it's explored a little more... Um, I mean, all I'll just say is uh, stay tuned for season two, because there are certainly Mm -hmm. going to be consequences to these actions. A god doesn't just surrender to another god in terms of a war and, and, you know, get away with it scot-free or whatever. So uh, certainly expect um, some consequences going further. But uh, that's for the book club. That's why we have the book club right there um, is for those types of things. And Percy finally has this opportunity to talk to his dad, to talk to Poseidon, to talk to the god. And he is like, um, do you dream? Do you do, do you dream? And Poseidon is like, what? What do you what? What do you mean? He's like, do you ever do you dream? I mean, Ares said like gods didn't dream, and he's like, well, Ares is an absolute idiot. So he, he of course we dream. What do you? Of course we dream, Percy. And he's like, do you dream about mom? And he's like, well, yeah, sometimes I dreams about her restrained, like Melissa was thinking about. And so, and then those, uh, <laughs> of, of course, you know, uh, doesn't, doesn't really answer the question there. Do you um, dream about mom? I'm not talking to you about that. That's inappropriate. Not to <laughs> about her, but, uh, the sea is not restrained in those <laughs> Yeah. Um, maybe it puts a new meaning to wet dream. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Poseidon hands him a pearl. We have basically, it's a seemingly unlimited number of pearls in this world. Um, Hands him another pearl and Percy is gone. There we go. End of the scene. That was his interaction. If you're the god of the sea, you probably do have seemingly unending pearls. I mean, maybe we give give extra pearls if we're going Right, just a bonus backup. If there weren't just like four pearls left in the world, and you know what I mean? Like maybe we we give a couple extra, just in case, you know, the extra Grover pearl. If he loses one inside of a dog, maybe. Seems Um, likely to, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, He's back at camp. He's by the uh, Thalia tree. Um, and Percy walks into camp like an absolute hero. Everyone is clapping for him. They are so happy for him. He stopped, ended a war. You know, Did he got, got the bold? You know, I didn't do it. Yeah, I well, you know, de facto. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been new. This is the whole show. This is the whole episode. Did he do it or did Poseidon do it? I don't know. Annabeth gives him a big hug, and it's during this hug that Percy sees the one who should not be there and someone who had zero lines this episode the disrespect clarice she's back and she's just fine if you recall previously they had told luke to tell chiron hey um clarice is the evil one she did all the stuff maybe kick her out of camp 
And Emma's like, listen, Percy, don't freak out, but she's right over there. It's fine. We just need to talk about it. And we, we go over, we have this conversation with Annabeth and uh, Luke. Grover is just MIA at this point. Well, well I mean, we went back to the, we know where Grover's later. going, okay. but also we could have we could have said that maybe. I don't know. He's MIA here. We're talking to Luke about uh, to Luke about Clarice, and he's like, listen, I couldn't accuse Clarice without proof i needed a proof okay i couldn't just go flinging these wild accusations because gods and jealousy and factions and okay kind of tracks maybe we shouldn't accuse people without some level of proof okay but it's safe now let's go tell chiron um and you know uh, it's fine and that's like listen i'll stay back i will watch clarice no problem i'll take this i'll i'll do this i'll stay back here you guys go do the thing and tell chiron and so luke and percy go off to tell Chiron and then somehow the whole day passes because it is bright outside when we start this and now it's the middle of the night and there are fireworks going off we're meeting Chiron in in the deep dark of night in the forest and, and we get we get out there and Luke and Percy are having a conversation and Percy is just like really stuck on this oracle on the smelly Gabe oracle that we talked about way back in episode two that's how we started episode two and he's like, well, the, the parts of it that, you know, make a lot of sense to me, you know, some of this has just come true, um, but some of it, like, hasn't. And Luca's like, yeah, <laughs> prophecies are so weird. Like, prophecies are wild. They're so vague. I mean, I'm, I don't know. And Percy's like, well, go west and face the god who turned. Well, Ares, done and done, case closed, happened, makes sense. Find what was stolen and see it returned. Okay, the bolt, done. We found it. It was stolen. We returned it. Okay, great. Good to go. Be betrayed by one who calls you friend. And he's like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, this one's not sounding too good here. And then he immediately puts it together. Clarice is still here because you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, Luke. And the reason why you didn't do anything is because you did it. You're the baddie. You stole the bolt. Oh my gosh. The shoes. It makes the, the plan. Aries. It makes all the sense now. You did it. And he's like, oh, okay, you got me. But it's not that I'm going to like hurt you or kill you. I want to recruit you. I want you on my side for what is about to happen. He pulls out a sword. And Percy's like, oh my god, I, this, it's fighting time again. Another sword fight. He's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not here to fight you. This is a special little teleport, little portal sword. And he kind it's of like the rips subtle open knife. the subtle knife. He 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 rips open a little fabric in in reality here. And he's like, hey, um, we can get out of here, okay? The gods who we have basically been trash talking for eight episodes now, they don't care about us, and they've gotten away with not caring about us for way too long chronos just opened my eyes to the truth he was in the golden age remember the golden age they wouldn't call it the golden age if it wasn't like good and golden or anything like that okay it was perfect there and you could be on our side we could take on the gods we are dangerous to them they're afraid of us we have the power we can break and bend the rules they can't it's gonna be amazing and then percy is like listen our parents are not perfect but they're trying their best and I'll, admittedly poseidon has been coming through for him as of late so like this sort of tracks for me a little bit in terms of percy's thought here and then they fight 
um, and we're getting into this here. Um, I mean, so much is happening, Kevin. This this change of Luke's uh, good to bad. Percy figures it out. We get the sword. We get the fight. There's so much happening in this scene, and I I loved it. I thought this was done really well. I thought it was great. Like the thing, like for me again, I I, I do think the 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 reveal tracks for for Percy figuring it out in that moment and like putting those pieces together because I think that they're there. But I also just really like Luke. So I here's the thing. He's not wrong. That's that's the kicker, right? Like I normally like I like a good villain and especially a sympathetic one who you can understand their POV. And I think Luke has a very solid POV. The part where it gets tricky is where he's just like, no, Chiron, you know, that was the golden age. I'm like, ah, that's the part where you're wrong. And that's why you're a villain. But mm-hmm. like the rest of it, like about the gods and like wanting to like break free of that and like have their own freedom. Like you ha- they have to go to camp every year or else they have to live in a camp or they're gonna die like that's messed up like that sort of proves his point so i i really love that aspect of it that luke has a solid point for it like working with chiron not so much a great idea the man did eat his children in order to not get overthrown so like yeah you know the, the boys made some mistake as well like, uh, or not Chiron, sorry. I was going to say, you're um, talking about Kronos, Kronos right? Okay. Yeah. Just, it's just, okay. Chiron, Chiron just trained heroes. He's fine. He trained Hercules. Um, but uh, to this part, like, Kronos, like, he ate his children, right? Like, the, the prophecy as well. It's just like, when your kids can overthrow you. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat them. And it's just like, oh, that's, maybe that's not the person you should listen to. Uh, so, like, that part's obviously wonky. But I, I love this. I love the fight. I love that Luke also, like, jumping slightly at pieces out like this this fight ends with him just being like all right i'm i'll see y'all later and like i like that i like that a lot that this is the like the real like it, it's not exactly the climax of the story right uh because that's about to see being <laughs> unrestrained but like this part oh. like is a great follow-up and like isn't the like big thing it like is a thread that will follow into the future stories which i really enjoy and i think is really clever so i i loved a lot about this and i i do wish I wasn't spoiled because of the movie of all things. Uh, Cause it really feels like it would have been a nice little like twist and surprise too, um, that I really would have um, uh, been excited to experience for the first time. Yeah. I think it was um, the thing that I really appreciated was that Percy did not all of a sudden like become an expert swordsman to beat the guy that they were all like, this is the best swordsman in the whole camp. And the suddenly like Percy goes on a bus trip and suddenly he comes back and defeats the best swordsman. in the camp. it's just sort of like, looks like, oh, okay, you got better, but also like, I'm going to go fight. Uh, so that I thought was good. And I appreciated that it was all. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting. I, uh, to sort of like wonder coming in unspoiled. I do think the like, sheer amount of Luke we got this episode probably would have telegraphed this pretty hard but I also think you have to like remind us who Luke is because we haven't seen him in like a real hot minute so yeah I thought it was um I thought it was good I was very intrigued by like the the slicing thing I was like is he doing a hashtag what is happening here like why Uh, I was like if he completes the hashtag does then he get to go I, I didn't know what it was but yeah I mean, certainly in this day and age, we could be slicing hashtags into things to get transported into a different world. I also think this might be um, the dirtiest podcast for a book and movie about or TV show about 12 year olds. Just in general, um, I don't know that that's a pervasive category out there, but I do think we, you know, I I think we're topping that for lack of a better uh, phrase. Um, 
good you know good for us as well uh this we fight sequence a episodes ago so yeah, yeah. It's to remember the also top, topping really. that topping that no i know I, yeah I, yeah no yeah uh, yeah I, I was there anyway the sword fight ends pretty quickly here because this portal opens and and it seems like percy might you know be right on the edge of that and he sort of shoves luke down and and, and you know slices him up a little bit and then he comes back and, and go, you know go back and forth but then out of nowhere annabeth appears and tosses kind of a knife at him he's like i heard everything i have found you out you're done and she's upset and luke is like okay well i listen i i could barely take this 12 year old two of them <laughs> no 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 and he nopes out of there goes right through his own portal and that's that of luke uh in terms of this episode he's out of there a problem to be dealt with in the future but he does make some good points. He uh, certainly uh, has some good arguments here. And even from Percy's perspective, especially if you look at like the beginning of the book, I feel like Luke really missed out on his prime opportunity to recruit Percy. If he, back in Percy's like anti-God days, like why would the, you know, why are the guns doing this? You really waited until Poseidon saved his ass like a half dozen times before you asked him to turn on the gods. Like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Luke needs to get a strategist or Kronos needs to, figure something out i don't know feels like we could have we could have sold that but we're we're back at camp here um chiron who did nothing basically this whole episode uh you know is like listen none of this is easy percy you're saying goodbye it's it's hard but um percy has to go and see if hades actually returned sally which this by the way feels like it could have been an email if we're talking about things that could have been an email is sally back at the house yes or no feels like an easy uh hades gets no reception down there so he really couldn't uh (laughs) Yeah, I, Hayes is one of those people that you know takes their calls uh, uh, just on speaker all the time. I could see, I, I could see <laughs> that, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 that tracks for me. Um, and Chiron is like, listen, the some of what Luke said like made sense to you, and and I'm like, yeah, because it's true. Some of what Luke said was just simply true, Chiron. We just need to come to terms with that. Um, Kronos can be very persuasive, and then Percy is like, yeah, well. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, Percy. That is accurate. Stubbornness does not always lead to positive results, nor does it mean that you are on the correct side. I would say more often than not, it probably doesn't. In this case, I really don't know because the gods aren't even good. Kronos isn't good either, but you know, but there's probably some kind of third alternative middle ground. Sometimes you can vote third party on the gods is all I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a two-god race. Uh, but... <laughs> Mr. D shows up one last time here and is, you know, making some snarky lines. Percy? No, no. It's Peter, right? It's Peter. No. Um, And that's all we get of Mr. D and Chiron. uh, Works for for me, though. I'll take Jason Manzoukas in any shape or form. Uh, Yeah. Loved every moment he has been in the show. And I, like, next to Lance Reddick, probably my favorite casting. He's so good. I was really happy we got more camp and both of these guys. I Because, it, you know, we were sort of like, we wanted more of that back in like the second episode, right? So, yeah. yeah. And I also think that this like tracks in terms of the book desires as well, because I do, even as we were reading the book and we left camp so early on in the book, I think everyone was sort of feeling like, oh man, this was a cool place. Like, can we, you know, spend a little bit more time there? Um, and so we do get to go, you know, get to go back here uh, near the end. And we see Annabeth saying goodbye to the the, the Thalia tree. It's like, you should go see her dad. They're talking about Disney World. They're talking about, you know, New York, all, all different kinds of stuff. We see Grover appear with a bright white flower. Uh, he's a searcher now. Good for him. He got his searcher's license. Proud of you, Grover. You're officially licensed to search for 
Pan. And you know where he's going to start? Everyone has checked all the land. The land has been scoured. Pan always moves. So it's a little, you know, hide and seeky meets sardine situation. Everyone's moving all over the place. But no one has checked the sea. Not one person has even tried to play Pan Battleship here. And so he's out there. He's going to go check the sea. Um, That's his plan. That's great. And they make a pact here. No matter what happens, they meet back here next year, all of us. And then we have a nice little group hug moment. Good for them. This was a sweet sort of uh, ending for our trio who have been on many an adventure throughout this uh, series. Certainly not to, uh, you know, not to not to spoil anything, but it's not the last time we're going to see this trio be on an adventure here. So obviously this is going to continue. Um, because, as we all know. Three people. Three people. Three people per quest that's a hard and fast rule people i have a question though then about next season but like i guess we'll get there when we get there we'll get there when we get there um i don't think we've got any news on an actual like renewal for season two yet but it's, it's right i feel good yeah i, feel good, I, it, I hope it, it i hope it comes along i mean again my only reference point is that second movie which was not good but like this <laughs> we're not watching the second movie for the book club you can't make us people you can't okay we'll we'll I don't even want to commit to watching it when there's a season two about book two. I don't even know if I want to commit to that yet. We'll talk. We'll talk. Who even knows? Who even knows what will be going on in our lives at that point? Percy's back on the beach house uh, and finds his mom, but it quickly turns into into a bad dream. He says, time to wake up. And Percy sees sort of a hooded figure approach who says, we are going to meet eventually he's like come at me bro i have poseidon to to cover my ass literally all day every day what are you gonna do what are you gonna do come on come at me and he's like yeah (laughs) you're gonna survive all right because that's the whole point that's the key to everything the key to my return is you surviving and then he wakes up for real this time um and sees his mom telling him that seventh grade awaits he's ready for seventh grade is this child uh who just was stubbornly taking on zeus and Ares and is planning to take down chronos seventh i say it again seventh grade remember when you were in seventh grade remember what you were doing with your lives when you were in seventh grade not this yeah same thing i'm doing now nothing important (laughs) yeah truly I mean, okay, seventh grade. And, uh, you know, his mom was like, hey, I'm in dreams again. And he's like, yeah, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was grandpappy. He, that's, uh, you know, it was grandpa. That's what was, and he's like, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't, don't, don't call him grandpa. He's like, what did he say? And Percy lies to his mother. That's what I was doing in seventh grade. I will say <laughs> that that is certainly true to form in terms of a seventh grader. He's like, Curtis had to tell you, um, happy birthday or whatever he said. I don't even remember something. No, he says, the- don't forget to tell your mom how much you love her. And I was oh, like, oh, uh, geez, shut up, Percy. You, you're an idiot. Okay. And then our final shot here is, you know, sort of of Percy as he is narrating over um, the stories you've heard about Greek gods, I'm here to tell you that they're real. If you ever feel like you don't fit or the world doesn't make sense, then you might be part of our world. So don't give up because we might need you in the fight ahead. And that is the end of season one of Percy Jackson. Except for the post. Except for the post. Oh, I didn't see a post. Cre- <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't stay that long. I don't have time for this. Uh, where's, the, what's, where's the post credit? Wait, it's after real, the you credit. don't know? 
You don't know that about what happened? <laughs> Amazing. No, I have no That's idea. All right, I so, mean, you certainly uh, know what happens from because of the book. Well, uh, I can tell you. But... Well, I mean, yeah, I can. Uh, okay, so here we here we go. The prophecy comes true. Forty two minutes. I finished with. Uh, I mean, I look how quickly I finished. Like six minutes. Okay. Well. Kevin <laughs> Adam is watching. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, watch I, it on I, the I, yeah, I I very much enjoyed uh, the ending and how this all wrapped up. It definitely got me like jazzed for the next season and like what's for to sure. come. I think it ends on a very like fun, hopeful note. It's also like talking to kids, of course, who feel like they don't fit in or you yeah. know like aren't part of everything to be like maybe you're something bigger. It's honestly it's interesting because so much of the show I can see you can see the pieces obviously they're pulled from something like Harry Potter, right? Like you can see the influence. So like moments like. When it's like, well, we're all going to, you know, I'm going to go home and you're going to go on your adventure. I do like they have, they each three have their reasons for leaving camp, which is, which is good. But like that felt a little bit also the Harry Potter pull of like, mm -hmm. well, the book's over. They're going to go back. It'll come back. But yeah. that all said, this ending I thought was very cool. I like the message. I like that feeling that the hope it instills, the inspiration it instills is really cool and really well done. So I appreciated all of that um, and those pieces of it. Um but yeah, I I overall like thought it was great, and then the post credit scene that Adam is currently uh, watching, <laughs> I thought was also very fun. Like I knew about it again because of the movie. They did include it in the movie as well. Um, but I, I'm I didn't know if they were gonna have it here, but I'm glad they did. It was very fun. Yeah. So Sally dumped his ass, Gail's out on his own, and you know he comes back to the apartment and he finds a return to sender on the box uh, and gets petrified by Medusa's head. I thought it was all great. I was very happy to see him get his uh, comeuppance, and he was once again such a weenie. So yeah, it was great to see him. It's so it's so weird because like I will say having again half like you guys are, are into the book. I'm like halfway mm -hmm. through, and I've seen the original movie. The show, and I, I actually think it's, I'm again, glad the show did this. The small tweaks and changes can be good, especially when you have the writer involved. Gabe is less of, like, a piece of shit in, in this show than he is in the book and the, the first movie. And I think that's a better call. Because there's a level of, like, they make an excuse about why in the, in the, in the book that she's with him. But, like, it's sort of like, ah... Yeah. I don't know. That's it's not good enough. Like there's just levels of it that's just kind of rough and just felt like ah, I don't love this. But I think the show did a good job of just making him like sort of a loser and not like just a raging asshole. So like I kind of yeah. appreciated that uh, quite a bit. And like even when he got turned to stone, it was still just like, oh, you did it to yourself. Well, 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 consequences of your actions. You know, like I thought that was uh, well executed as well. Yeah, it was funny. I came on the pod and I was like, this guy sucks. And Adam's like, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Because that, yeah, that was before we even had started reading the book. And you were like, you, yeah, you were like, so like, man, this guy's the worst. And I'm like, um, he's he's actually fantastic, like compared to what <laughs> compared yeah. to how they showed him. Um, there you go. That's season one. Percy Jackson. What a fun time this has been. Yeah. Kevin, I... what's your general like the main change from the book that you or I guess you haven't like finished reading the book, but is there anything no, yeah, I'm only halfway in the first half, I guess, or change from the movie that you think was like particularly well done? Um, I mean, most of the, sh I mean, like I, I will say the thing that was most noticeable from movie to the series, that is obviously an improvement. And I knew that this was a problem is Annabeth. Um, mm. It's insane how, badly she is handled in the movie compared to this tv series and it feels like the tv series is doing a really like did a really good job of adapting the character as she is which is 
like she's smart she's clever she's got her invisible hat that's that's the yankees mm-hmm. cap like i knew like th- that direct reference i thought was really great that feels like the biggest biggest change to me is annabeth actually treated like her character is in the book and i think it's phenomenal i really really like the the actress portrayal i love the the character as well i love honestly all three of the kids i really liked i love grover the one thing that i i wish they did adapt a little bit is that in the in the book grover just straight up like eats a can and i'm just yeah. like wish i saw that i wish this kid just dug into a can um but that actor is great he, his comedic timing is phenomenal and he's just very charming like everyone here i think just did such a good job um but i do think in terms of the changes annabeth is the one that like stuck out the most from the movie and like having read half the book i'm like oh yeah i can see why fans were mad <laughs> in the in the in the movie adaptation i think that melissa is going to be very upset by annabeth <laughs> and the know. portrayal in the movie for i i think that even if you had not read the book nor seen the series i think you would have been upset about the portrayal of annabeth just given what i know about you as a person and the choices that were made about annabeth and her <laughs> only characteristic being drop dead gorgeous woman which i will never argue about that in, in her qualities but if you're looking for an annabeth it'll be a tough time right. but you know what you know where you can find all of those takes you know where you know where you know where we're going to talk about all that the book club podcast <laughs> the book club podcast which is the last time that we're going to be talking about percy jackson okay we'll be back so soon it's not even going to be that long really just a couple of days plus maybe some more time if it gets pushed back for normal reasons i, I don't think it will okay i feel good we have it scheduled it's on the calendar it i mean admittedly it did get moved back a couple of days just in the past couple of days of planning but it is scheduled. they didn't know that adam you don't have to review pull back the curtain no no no, no, no. i want to pull it back i want to pull it back um whatever it's gonna happen soon zach is on board we're gonna watch the movie we're gonna finish the book i'm probably gonna rewatch a little bit of the series okay we're gonna be here to talk very very shortly about all the book club questions get in your feedback okay you have time get in your feedback and questions let us know on the discord on wherever you want to talk to us we will take all of the feedback that we get okay the last this is your last chance people it's the end of the season get it in okay we'll talk about it we'll talk about it all kevin is there anything else that you want to say about Percy Jackson, the series, the book, the movie, anything else that you want to talk about? I do. I do have one thing I want to say about the series, and then one question I'm, that maybe you've already discussed, but obviously I wasn't here. Um, so the, the, the one yeah, thing I do want to point out: those conversations were available publicly for people. Yeah, to maybe. To. Um, but uh, the, the weirdest thing about this series, I will say, is, and again, you probably talk, maybe talked about this: the obvious commercial breaks are jarring. They throw me off so badly. And it's just one of those moments where I'm just like, God damn it, Disney Plus. Because it's very clear that like Disney is going to start doing an ad tier for their service. Because you can see where they're like, this is where we'll have a commercial break. Like it was filmed and shot with that intent in mind. And that is just deeply upsetting to my soul. Because they just also cracked down on now, they're cracking down on password sharing. Mm. And I'm just like, you just all are following the same goddamn playbook. Anyway, that's less on the show and more about like, capitalism but uh i'll always take a chance to write on capitalism um but the question i had that maybe you discussed do you guys have a favorite greek god by chance have you like oh. do you have like a, a fave personally wait do we have do we have one of, do we have on this episode Melissa? i i probably not i probably forgot to tell kevin that he was supposed to do oh. that okay yeah. well kevin little what a great an, question we what a, what an amazing question that you have given us here because every single episode we have been doing underrated god of the week uh, oh, interesting, where, interesting. where our guest comes up with their most underrated god of the week um 
and normally we do that and that's a thing that happens and i i guess that this will be a time when it doesn't happen i mean Um, unless you know so much about greek mythology is there somebody you want to you want to shout out we've done you know seven of them already so I mean, uh, if you don't seven, you probably don't. I mean, my personal favorite uh, Greek god is Artemis. Um, really, Apollo Artemis, Artemis actually. I love Artemis. So. Okay, tell, uh, us about tell, us, Artemis. tell us about Artemis. Who's Artemis? Yeah. So Artemis is the twin sister of Apollo. Um, she's also known as, uh, you know, um, where Apollo is day. She's essentially seen as usually night. Uh, she's a huntress. Um, and one of her most famous stories is about a really great hunter uh stumbled up like she's also known as the um like essentially like a perpetual virgin um but she is uh she she this hunter stumbled upon her bathing naked and like was spying on her and she caught him and just sent her dogs to eat him (laughs) and like that's one of her most famous stories uh so she's pretty badass in that regard both her and apollo i believe are archers um but yeah, I just think she's really cool. I love the twin part with her and Apollo. Um, and yeah, so Artemis, I think, is probably my favorite uh, god. And also semi-underrated, because like people usually go for like the big ones like Apollo or Athena or your Zeus or your Poseidon, even mm-hmm. your Dionysus, you know. But like that that's like low-key my fave. So um, yeah, I think, again, it, it really fits with my everything you would know about me when it comes to like i guess people of the opposite gender but yeah uh underrated god and also my favorite i kevin put the put the restraints away okay we need to uh, be be listen i'm like this (laughs) (laughs) okay uh we've done an underrated god of the week every podcast good for us melissa we stuck to a thing and we did it every episode all is planned no, I'm we're gonna be coming in here and saving this podcast. Just like Poseidon, uh, to, to bring it up there. Okay, what a great time this was. Like I said before, we are not done with this conversation. Come check us out on the Book Club podcast. We will be there with Zach to answer all of your questions, to talk about the book, to talk about the movie. We're not gonna talk about the movie that much, actually. Just FYI. Okay, we'll talk about it, but like if you're expecting us to do more than like 10-15 minutes on the movie you've you've watched the movie too many times i think is the i i don't know and maybe that number of times is twice because that's too many actually it's fine i like the, it's, we'll talk about it whatever get uh get with us on that it's gonna be very very fun kevin is there anything that you want people to check out anything you want to plug here at the end before we get out of here uh i don't think anything necessarily is coming to mind to plug and talk about i guess stay tuned for things it's the biggest okay. way to talk yeah, about it stuff. doesn't have to be anything you're on just you know anything you want to plug anything you want the people to check out a book you're reading a show you've just watched a newspaper article anything you want you uh, can, yeah you i mean do whatever you want oh yeah if we're just if we're just doing general plugs i mean obviously yeah. i'm reading the percy jackson book along with that i'm reading a second book in a fan so um, i'm really into fantasy naturally um i'm reading a second book in a series that began with the rage of dragons um i highly recommend it it's really great it's a fantasy but it's not medieval it's actually pulled from um uh, african history so uh all the main characters are black is written by a black writer and like all the architecture and, and setting is very pulled from from that culture so i think that's uh, I, I really enjoyed that it's also just like a really cool like it's more action forward but i i'm, I'm really into it um so there's that uh i ju- just relatively recently finished a changeling huge fan of that as well uh the book specifically um watch the series as well um so yeah those are those, i think those are the things that uh that, that i've been uh that i've been reading and uh yeah watching okay uh, Kevin, have you read children of blood and bone in that series as well 
Uh, I, I I have it on my list. I think I had started yeah. it and I got partway through, and then like my library uh, rental went out, and then I moved. So then yeah. like all the chaos oh. happened. But that is what yeah. I wanted to get back to. I got uh, I was at the part with the the pirate battle basically the ship yeah. battle, and I was like, this is dope. So yeah, yeah, another one that's on there. I've been very good. To, like, I think the third one is supposed to be coming out soon. So that's just why. Also, so why I much thought of good it. fantasy, and I really just yeah. need to like I I I've gone back into reading, and I need to get like yeah. deeper into it because. But I for people that don't know, I believe that one, if I remember correctly, is like Nigerian mythology mm -hmm. kind of based, which is very cool. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Oh, uh, maybe I should read more fantasy, but probably not. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I guess I got just butchered on Wheel of Time. Okay, Melissa, what are you doing these days? Where can people find you? What do you anything to plug? Uh, I was just on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, talking Buffy. So, uh, yeah. I'll I, be on that, I, too, actually. Plug that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Jess and Sarah are talking Buffy. I'm watching Buffy for the first time, despite being told by multiple people that I seem like someone who had watched Buffy, uh, which I think is just a compliment. I'm just very down for that. Mm -hmm energy um but yeah i'm basically it's always been on my you should watch this someday list and i just never have so uh i've been watching it along with the pod which is very fun so yeah i talked episode four which is already out so you can go listen to it right now uh again shit 90 shows taught me so yeah um yeah i too am watching buffy for the first time obviously with, with sarah's so i'm i've also been told frequently that i seem like the kind of person who would love buffy so i don't actually know if it's a compliment to be honest with you is, is sort of the gist of what i'm trying like it might not actually i take it, it. As, I, I, I don't know i love buffy robin um, and i rewatched the entire series recently i'm oh god that show is i anyway. talked about this on the pod but do y'all know that dolly parton was a producer on the original buffy series mm -hmm. and is heavily involved in the revamp i mean just <laughs> Incredible. She was a, yeah, she was a secret funder, which is great because like that. I think that show was very good and very important at the time, especially because of its lead and like you, you just don't get shows like that. Um, Josh also just blitzed Buffy under uh, yeah. me and Robin's urging and like blitzed the entire Buffy and Angel, and Angel as well. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this last episode was weird too with the the bugs and all of the. Oh yeah, that bridges. one. Yeah. Um, well, it was very Doctor Who, right? To talk mm -hmm. to the both of you, we kept talking True. about like, yeah, this seems like a Doctor Who episode of TV. Which is wild because Sarah would not be caught dead watching Doctor Who. So I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter, Piano Man Adam One, as well as every single week over on One Discovery Podcast. We're talking through Girls Five Ever. We're also talking through Pretty Little Liars episode by episode, but only watching the previously ons, which has been a ton of fun over there. So go check that out. Um, in the uh, poster house world, Brooklyn's at and I, we promise we will finish Final Fantasy IX uh, at some point in the not too distant future. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot going on in in life these days. Um, that being said, one thing you can count on is well two things you can count on number one three people per quest that's the first yep. thing that you always count on. Count on. <laughs> no matter what there's three people on a goddamn quest okay that's what we know in this life and number two melissa you and i will be back for the book club podcast with the amazing guest that we'll be back shortly to talk through the book get your questions in get your feedback in we'll talk through it all but until then Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.